action. Welcome to Torn Stumps, the Trash Movie Podcast with me, Robert Gershenson, photographer and creative director of Trash, which can be found at movetotrash.co.uk and Joshua Winning, the greatest film reviewer you've never heard of. And we're going to the movies. Joshua and I have a big old shared film knowledge, but there's always gaps that need to be filled. So in this episode, I've recommended he watch a movie that he's not yet seen. If is a 1968 British drama directed by Lindsay Anderson set in a public school and starring Malcolm McDowell in his first ever on-screen performance. Joshua. If was directed by Lindsay Anderson. It was actually his first feature film. He was a director at uh, he was a documentary filmmaker, um, very much, uh, very much a part of the counterculture movement of the 60s. And this, you know, this is the first film he made as a feature. So it bears all the hallmarks of somebody who was very much a part of the counterculture movement. He wants to look at uh, uh, anti-establishment. He wants to look at schools. He wants to look at education. He wants to look at rebellion um, and violence. Uh, And so that's that's all going on. I didn't love it, I have to say. I wasn't a huge fan. Um, I felt that it had some really interesting things to say, but it kind of got bogged down in its own ideas of how to say them. Um, I found it quite monotonous, uh, a little bit meandering, kind of a little bit unfocused. I think I think it's structured like a play. It's not structured like a film. It feels like a, it feels like a film where they didn't have much money and they were going to save all the, the big stuff for you know the the, the big, big shootouts at the it, end yeah but it's a film that's like two hours long two, two and hours a bit. ten minutes something like yeah. that yeah it's like well i don't want to sit through all of the school stuff before i get <laughs> to the good stuff the thing that struck me most about the film it's coming up 50 years old for all its faults the themes are still relevant today it's yeah. almost like we haven't learned a thing about the class system about um about controlling people about treating people with respect. Hmm. If it was if it was to be remaked now, how do you think it could be tackled? Oh God! I mean, the thing is, like boarding schools and and uh, kind of private schools, they they're still very much for me kind of an enigma, and they're kind of like their own self-contained society, and and they just seem to kind of like they have their own rules and they exist. Right, in their own little bubble, don't and they, they? And they manufacture a certain type of person, I think, mm. which is interesting. Uh, but it also means that it, yeah, it's if anyone wants to be an individual, you can't. Yeah, and yeah. I think you witnessed that in that film. Malcolm McDowell plays Travis. He's the epitome of an individual. Yeah, he turns up with a moustache, has to shave it off. And he kind of he's leads. constantly battling against yeah. the regime, and yeah. he can't, and he leads the 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 rebellion essentially. Yeah, and he he's fascinating. He's great. This was his first ever film. Really it's ridiculous how good he is in this. He's, yeah, he's always got something going on behind the eyes. He's just mesmerizing. He seems dangerous. He's wound tight. He's you know he's like the bad boy as much as a, a bad boy could be in a posh school uh, in Cheltenham. Um, and he, he actually got a Clockwork Orange off the back of this, doing this film, which makes total sense because that film knows how to use him. There's a, a scene where he's, he's coming down to the gymnasium to get caned mm. by the, um, 
They can't. I think they're called whips. Yeah, they're like they're like prefects. Uh, is that how you say it? Prefects. I never. I never was. Never, I was never one. Um, Big surprise. And he walks in, and he's just. He knows what's going to happen. This character, played by Michael McDowell, he walks in, and he's just oozing such confidence and arrogance. And it was that performance, that section there, that Kubrick said, "I want you to take that and play Alex all like that." Yeah, I believe that absolutely. He's fantastic. I wanted hit. I wanted the film to be more about him. I felt that it was getting distracted by a lot of other things. It's it kind of slips into surrealism a lot. It kind of does. Lo- it does lots of very strange things, like opening I didn't, a drawer. I didn't mind that. No, I mean surrealism. Like that tiger scene was great. I just felt that it needed to pick something. Pick a side. Yeah. Either be fully surreal or or just genuinely because it became normal, frustrating. It felt unfocused. Yeah. It felt like it didn't know exactly what it wanted to do. It had too many ideas. It felt like sort of three or four different films going on. It was a classroom farce. It was a a call to arms kind of rebellion war film. Um, It was a a coming of age um, kind of guy, you know, know, finding his independence. It was so many different things going on at once. And that does make for an interesting texture, but actually it makes for a very unsatisfying film. I think that's typical of, of late 60s filmmaking in Britain. Have you ever seen Blow Up? No. Very very similar in the sense that it doesn't really know what it wants to be and it has some surreal elements to it mm. and um, a lot of counterculture. Maybe it's just a byproduct of that. And in the 60s, that was fine. Maybe to the early 70s, that was fine. But 2017 eyes, it just doesn't really sit well. Let's talk about Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. So he gave a great performance in this. He gave a career-defining performance in A Clockwork Orange. Do you agree with me when I say he was almost Gary Oldman before Gary Oldman was Gary Oldman? <laughs> I um, I actually haven't seen that much stuff with Malcolm McDowell, I think. I've, obviously, he was in the Halloween remake and all that. Um, and that's why I have such a problem with his later career. Yeah, he, he does have a slight whiff of shit sold out maybe not shit but (laughs) it's not necessarily sold out i just think his performance in clockwork orange is so iconic and so defining that people have a hard time casting him he was in heroes but almost like an older bad guy he's got 258 credits acting credits and i could probably name about three of them (laughs) name them well i've just said them (laughs) halloween if halloween Clockwork clockwork orange heroes and Star Trek Generations. Those are the only things... And Caligula. Those are the only things I can think of him in. He was in 31 recently, was that, which was actually... I feel he should have had a career where he just goes from one great performance to the next and he doesn't have to do the kind of sub-level shit like the Halloween movies just to keep his name in there. People should be coming to him, offering him the big, the big roles, the big, you know, important roles, the big iconic roles. It shouldn't be a case that he does a clockwork orange, then a then Caligula, then disappears for years. Yeah, he was never even nominated for an Oscar, and he got nominated for a Golden Globe for uh, Clockwork Orange. But other than that, I mean, it's it's a shame because he's just fantastic. Yeah, as Lindemann, he's brilliant. He should just be putting more stuff. If you're listening, Malcolm, <laughs> I'll cast you in something. Do you notice there was a lot of people in that film that it could have been like a before they were famous type thing, right? Thingy from Dad's Army was in there. <laughs> yeah. Richard Wilson. Yeah. Victor Meldrew. Uh, I think that's it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> they were both great. And people could say, oh, shag off. Yeah. Shag off, will you? Um, 
Well, it's definitely aged. The themes are still relevant. A little bit unfocused. It's a shame Malcolm McDowell hasn't really done much since yeah. <laughs> since that that period. Um, I loved the tiger scene. I just I feel like if if I was going to recommend this to any of my friends, who would I recommend it to? And actually, I don't think a lot of them would have the patience to sit through the whole thing. Like I'm, I went on Twitter a bit when I was I, watching. I it. did have to stop the film. Yeah, go get something to eat. Come yeah. back. It's definitely a, a maybe. It's a film that you only watch all the way through if you had seen it way back when and you were yeah. very very fond of it yeah possibly yeah it doesn't really hold up for repeat viewings does it no well i i don't think i i don't think i'd watch it again i would have liked the final gunfight to be longer and, and to also be more I, intricate well i didn't understand a lot of that gunfight because i couldn't tell if people were actually being killed or not i think i think the emphasis is they were being killed but i guess because of all the surreal shit yeah because someone was like the 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 priest was shot earlier. Yeah. And it suddenly turns up in the drawer. And he's like, well, what's the difference between the 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 headmaster? No, was it the headmaster or the teacher getting shot in the forehead? What's the difference between him being shot and killed? But then that's the only person you actually see. That's the only bit of blood in the whole film, yeah. I think. Trust me. It's Trust really, me. yeah, it's really bizarre. And then suddenly he's dead and he's on the ground. But then the next shot of that exact same environment, he's not there anymore. So is, did it happen? Did they really find this kind of stash of military gear and then go crazy on the roof or if they do what the fuck has a school got all that military gear for? <laughs> yeah exactly well, so much military was gear it, was it a military school because they have military training um i don't think it was a military school in the sense that you know they're going off to war yeah I just maybe think that was part of the curriculum in the 60s oh right okay that kind of just having some bombs lying around just just general bombs and yeah. guns yeah um it was all quite lax back then wasn't it what do you think of the open ending because we don't really see what's going to happen. It ends with Malcolm McDowell looking a bit worried, but still shooting. And then it cuts to the credits. Yeah. Oh, well, I assume he's just gone to jail. He's fucked it all up, hasn't he? You don't think he died? Because they were shooting back. Yeah, but nobody's... I mean, come on. They were shooting up at the roof. They weren't exactly <laughs> hidden, were they? <laughs> they weren't. And they weren't getting hit. No. There was like four of them up there. Yeah. And everyone seemed to have guns. I mean, this isn't America. <laughs> 60s, 60s England. You want to watch it again? No. Okay. I probably will I probably will not watch it ever again. To be honest. <laughs> Thanks um, for making me watch it. That's all right. But you, yeah. you you got to fill in these these things. Yeah, I've added it to my list of have scenes. One thing that I want to I want the thing that I want to ask you about though. What did you think about jumping back and forth between color and black and white? That was bizarre. And actually I did read up on that because I found it very confusing and I thought am I just missing out on a point here? I and uh, I I found out that actually they shot uh, an early chapel scene in black and white purely because the lighting in the chapel meant that when it was shot in, on colour film, uh, it looked too grainy and too distorted because the light kept changing. So they switched to black and white. Uh, Lindsay Anderson saw the black and white, loved it and thought, haha, I will just randomly throw in some black and white scenes for no apparent reason. Oh, really? There's no connecting I've, I've tissue. Always, I've always read and heard that, that he switched to black and white because they were running out of money. And black and no. white film is cheaper. Apparently, it wasn't about that at all. It was just oh, really? he liked the idea of it. I mean, it's just counterculture to the, to the max, isn't it? It's yeah. like, fuck it, we're just going to do this. Do whatever they want. I'm surprised that they didn't like burn half the film. Well, I wish they kind of had burn half the film <laughs> before they <laughs> released it. So that's it, directed by Lindsay Anderson. We want you to join the conversation. Tweet us your thoughts and your reviews to at Torn Stubbs Pod, even if you're listening to this way after we've released the podcast. Now let's keep talking. Also, share the podcast far and wide and rate and review us on Apple Podcast. 
We love a five-star rating. We're off to get caned. Until next time, I remain Robert Gershenson. I'm Joshua Winning. Cut! <laughs>